He used to call it two, the three P's. Play, possession, and position. Football, the people say, what do you do? What are you doing to play? Hello and welcome to The Tactical Stand, a podcast that analyzes the big games which have taken place in the world of football. Uh, my name is Ayush Roy. I'm joined with one of my regular residents, Hari Bhargav, unfortunately, is missing this week. Don't worry, he's fine. Just taking a leave for this week. But I'm happy to say that we've got, he's not exactly a regular resident, but he's been on the episode quite a number of times, Yash Dodia is also here. And I think it's very fitting that uh, we have two Chelsea fans on the episode today on a day when um, we are going to talk about the demerits of um, Chelsea's recent performances. I think in the last couple of weeks and months, actually, we, we could say that we've been saying really good things about Chelsea because of the way that they've uh, performed under their new manager, Thomas Tuchel. And yet the last week has sort of been a very um, different kind of a vibe coming out from Chelsea. Of course, um, they had the 1-0 defeat to um, local rivals Arsenal earlier on, uh, well, last week, essentially. Uh, a terrible goal conceded when you talk about Jorginho's mistake and Kepa just keeping it in only for Aubameyang to pass it to Smithrow and score. Um, and then, of course, you had the big FA Cup final on Saturday between Leicester and Chelsea. Of course, Leicester scoring an absolutely superb goal uh, from Yuri Tillemans. Uh, Tillemans, hopefully I said that right. But I think we don't want to talk about um, the goals that were scored. I think what we want to talk about, or what I want to ask you guys, and of course we get your answers one by one, is why... Did uh, Chelsea perform this badly? And you know, I didn't ever. I think the, the fundamental fact for, factor for me here is that in both games, granted, they did get an equalizer, which was chalked off by VR in the FA Cup final. But even in both games, there was never this feeling that they were going for it or that they were looking for an equalizer. Whether it was the case or not, it didn't look like that when you're watching it on your television. Uh, let's start with the guest, uh, Yash. Um, why do you think I, as a fan, as a neutral fan watching this game, got that feeling uh, against Leicester, for example? Uh, against Leicester, I think uh, it was more more of it was down to the fact that uh, Tuchel, you know, heavily rotated his squad. He, he got in Kepa, he got in Alonso, he got in Hakim Ziyech. Uh, you know, Jorginho has had a blip since, uh, you know, I think... Since before the Arsenal game, even even the, uh, even before that, he, he's had a certain blip. Because if you see, consider him, Billy Gilmore has been playing better than him. And uh, because of the lack of continuity, I suppose, uh, there was uh, a bit of a downfall. Andres Christensen not playing. Uh, you know, it, it takes out. And I mean, Reed, you know, not taking away anything from Reese James. He was fantastic. But uh, I think that uh, what we actually did not do correctly was the fact that we did not play our best players. Christian Pulisic was not playing. 
Ben Chilwell was not playing. We, you could argue that you know Marcus Alonso gives more uh, offensive threat, but then we were hardly uh, offensive. We hardly used our wing backs uh, for the offensive uh, offensive part of the game. So I think that Tuchel got his selection wrong in the end, and uh, which is which is why and and about uh, you know there were there were a couple of more things that were uh, you know. I, I would say that uh, someone would have done differently, like bringing on Olivier Giroud and Ben Chilwell earlier uh, in the second half, rather than waiting late. Uh, because uh, you know, you read elements, man, you you cannot take anything from that goal of a goal. But uh, you know, we have to you know look at ourselves and you know just say that did we do enough to trouble Leicester in the first half? We did not. Uh, we had the chances. Timo Werner, uh, you know, went for glory. He 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 wanted to uh, make a mark for himself, and and we don't blame him. Uh, the kind of season he had, but then I think uh, he he would have, uh, you know, if he had made a much mature choice, I think it would have been better. So there are a couple of things that that have gone wrong, but uh, you know, as far as uh, the primary thing is concerned, I think it was more uh, with the rotation of the squad and the squad being selected. Not being uh, conducive to the kind of final, the you know the big final that FA Cup is. Very interesting. And Hari, before I ask you something very similar, I just wanted to re- read out a tweet which I had retweeted on the day you lost to Arsenal. One, your team lost to Arsenal, which says, and again, I don't, I'm not asking you to agree or disagree with this point, but it's the tweet basically, and I'll mention the guy in case he does listen and appreciate the fact that is brought on a podcast. His name is Daniel Tillock. And he tweet, his tweet was, Chelsea's football is baked, lightly salted, boneless, skinless chicken breast. No sauce, just function. Now, that was his tweet. And obviously, it did work because I saw it and I retweeted it. So, it did get a couple of likes or retweets. Now, of course, Yash talked about the rotation in the Leicester game and not more on the gameplay. But that's what I want to bring the conversation to, Hari if you can help me out, because I retweeted that, not for the banter. Well, actually, yes, for the banter, but more on that I agreed to it to a certain extent. Now, why would I agree to that? Why would I agree to that? And why would a lot of people agree to that after seeing two one-nil defeats? Why do you think? Uh, see, if you have seen uh, Tupin's Chelsea this time, uh, that is from the time he has managed us, one thing is very clear that Chelsea score the first goal, you are not going to beat them. On the other hand, if the opponent scores the first goal, Chelsea are not going to win. The Man City game was just an exception, if you ask me. So, now, taking things into consideration, uh, the Arsenal match especially, uh, of course, that was an error, no doubt. But still, there was plenty of time for Chelsea to get back into the game. Uh, but the problem that's happening is, uh, there is still some fluidity that is missing from this side. The team is not able to move the ball as quickly as it would like to against a side that you know uh, parks more defenders behind. Now there is no disrespect. It's definitely the go-to tactic when a side which is expected not to get points against this, uh, in a match would definitely do that when they get the lead. But then it's the job of the side which is the favorite to win the game to somehow unlock the opponent. And Chelsea haven't done that well. Uh, in, even in the Atletico Madrid match away, uh, though Chelsea dominated the games, uh, uh, the away match as well, uh, it needed some 
uh, individual brilliance. So the problem that's happening is uh, the, the side does create chances, but the problem is the lack of decisiveness in the final third. So this is what is costing them games. And if you would have seen, even if, uh, if, if you see the games under Tuchel, what's happening is the side has a lot of uh, uh, goals accumulated, which fall under the expected goals category. But the number of chances that they finish out of the expected goals is always less. So uh, that's uh, that I think uh, supports my point as to uh, there is no decisiveness in the final third. And this is actually one of the main reasons why Chelsea are consistently losing uh, finals in, you know, in the last three years. They have just won, I guess, three finals. Okay, you can even if you discount the community shields. The record hasn't been that good in these finals. That's mainly because of this. Uh, and coming back to the game against Leicester, uh, we also have to remember that uh, the goal which was uh, scored by Leicester was also due to the fact that Jorginho was left isolated in midfield. Kante and Mount were a little advanced and uh, Leicester took advantage of that uh, one opportunity and Tillman scored an excellent goal there. Uh, so... And after that, actually, if you see the whole game, Leicester did not have that many opportunities as well. So, the problem, I guess, in that game as well was that when Chelsea had a lot, a lot of possession, they didn't maximize their period of dominance. So, all these things considered, these are the main things which make uh, the neutral feel that Chelsea is not entertaining enough. Because, uh, let's be fair, if you create chances but don't score goals, it leaves the frustrating uh, taste in the mind, even if you're a neutral. Completely agree. But uh, Yash, and I won't move that to you, that point basically to you where uh, we talk about, Hari mentioned that in the game against Leicester, it's not like Leicester had a lot of chances as well. You know, they scored a blind as you also mentioned. And in every single uh, game, in majority of Chelsea games, it's always a 1-0 a or a 2-0, whether it's one, whether it's Chelsea winning or Chelsea losing. Do you think the fact that Every single game is a close-knit game, irrespective of how much possession Chelsea had or expected goals and stuff like that. The fact that the scoreline is always really close, is that something that is very troubling or has been very troubling to you as a Chelsea fan uh, for the last four or five months, even though you've had a good run? Um, I, I wouldn't uh, you know, agree on the fact. I mean, see, uh, before, before Tuchel came in, we were guilty of conceding a lot of goals. Uh, there were there were uh, things said that uh, you know Chelsea would have to outscore the opponents if they have to win, and it was fairly evident because of the fact that we had so many five threes and four fours and whatnot uh, amount of goals being scored, crazy amount of goals being scored, uh, and conceded as well. Uh, at the far end of the last season, uh, Anthony Barry was brought in uh, by Frank Lampard. Uh, and he started working with us this season as a set piece coach. Uh, you know, we were considering a lot of lot from the set pieces. So, what what Tuchel has done from uh, after coming in is that he has uh, set up Chelsea for not to concede. Uh, you can see that there are three defensive uh, central defenders and a good goalkeeper in Edward Mendy who are holding the fort. And uh, you know they they are playing quite well in the Tuchel's tactics. Uh, I mean, see if you if you have to compare the centre backs, uh, if uh, there is a strong uh, there is a strong comparison between Rudiger and Zuma. Uh, you know, both contrasting defenders. If if Rudiger plays at right centre back, uh, left centre back, uh, Chelsea Chelsea play much well. Uh, 
because because of the fact that he can go forward he can have that passing range he has that uh, vision for the ball but uh, zuma doesn't have that and uh, it was evident from the uh, uh, arsenal goal that if if you see the arsenal goal uh, very carefully zuma had the option to pass it to marcus alonso but he did not he he went for jorginho who then had uh, uh, smithrow and obameyang both breathing down his necks which is why he had to go to kepa and which led to that stupid goal so right now uh, you know tuchel has you know knit chelsea as you said you know he, a, a very close knit system a very tactical system in the fact that they don't have to concede everyone knows their roles there is a tight uh, you know tight rope they are walking that you know this is the areas that we have to uh function into we don't have to venture forward that much and if at all someone goes and ventures forward there is someone holding back uh these these mistakes that have crept in uh, if you if you if i uh bring the andres christensen goal against manchester city where uh, gabriel jesus uh you know ran and andres got injured uh, th- that was also a mistake to be fair so uh, you know these kind of mistakes are uh, come from the fact that uh, there there has been a little uh, you know too much of rigidity in the regime but uh, you know i i have no complaints regarding that because uh, if you, if you don't concede goals as you say you either get a draw or a win and you know chelsea's attack has been you know dismal i would say because of the fact that they don't have a focal point i mean i don't understand why tukel is not playing tammy abram who is actually a focal point as well as olivier giroud but uh, you know his his hesitations are there and you know he's had work rate issues with tammy abram and olivier giroud is too old and stuff but i think that uh, you know tukel needs to you know have a proper striker in werner is not doing the job for him he needs to have a proper striker in order to score goals because chelsea at this moment are not scoring goals if you have your top scorer in the premier league at six goals it tells you a lot about how chelsea season has been fair enough they have very been absolutely fantastic, very fantastic defensively but to to get yourself at the level where you can score goals like manchester city or liverpool do uh, you know you have to sign someone see mason mount and pulisic have been excellent but pulisic has been uh, you know out injured uh but uh, then you know there is there is there is one the weight you know it's it's like if if a lukaku or a lewandowski or or a suarez play there is there is a certain aura or there is a certain focal point around which the team revolves in attack that is not there for chelsea which is why they have been linked with numerous strikers they have been linked with lautaro martinez and tomel lukaku and erling haaland and fair play to them also uh you know chelsea need a striker and if tammy abram cannot do it i think they need a striker i'm not i'm not overly uh, you know concerned about the fact that we don't uh, score so many goals but then yeah uh, i would i would take the defensive stability considering the fact that we were considering too much in the first half of the season yeah. with respect to the rigidity part we just covered uh, there is also one more reason as to why this problem is there uh, right after conte season uh, this side as become a side which is more suited to playing a back three so whenever chelsea has moved to a back four there have been troubles in defense even under sari the defense was not that great you can say it was okay 
but when lampard came over i am pretty sure that the defense made a lot of mistakes and even lampard in his first season actually moved to a back three when they were crucial games definitely remember the games against tottenham and some other games where he had to go back and change some system uh, now coming back to this season again uh, we also had discussed in our previous podcast as well that uh, is uh, that is rigidity was one of the reasons why you know he got sacked so dukal has to actually sit with the back three here which is not as actually actual preferred formation i would say and in addition with the striker part which uh, yash was discussing i also feel that uh, giroud is a, a static point you see so that is one of that is one of the reasons why he comes towards the end of the games where you know uh, there is a focal point where people can cross and he can uh, try and finish them however werner is getting into the right positions as a player and he is opening up spaces he has a good understanding of the game and he has the intelligence that's no doubt about that but the one problem which is happening is that he is not taking the chances so that so this actually leads to a catch 22 situation where without him you don't create this many opportunities but with him in the side his opportunities aren't being taken so that's a very difficult problem for tuchel to solve i think i think uh, hari amazingly enough if we've been we've talked about chelsea a good number of times in the last couple of months and if that, that's one point which we mentioned every single time we've talked about chelsea timo werner not finishing chances um but yes we also talked about the fact that you need that focal point we also talked about tabi abraham and um juru uh, not getting as many chances maybe they should be getting you know we've these are these are common things which we've been talking about for a very long time and i don't think they can be sorted out until the season's over however we're going into the last two weeks of um, this this current season and chelsea have essentially three finals of course the champions league final against manchester city next to next sunday and we also have two premier league games which are now considering the situation chelsea have got themselves in are essentially club, top finals to get into um, the top four now we are we are not going to go into a lot of anal- analysis on liverpool's game against west brom which took place on sunday night of course amazingly enough alisson the goalkeeper scoring a last minute winner for the reds um who are currently in fifth position with 63 points um but the problem is here that leicester and chelsea the two teams who played each other in the FA Cup final are playing each other on Tuesday night of course this podcast is going to come out on Tuesday morning the same day that these two sides face each other with a guarantee that at least one of those clubs drop points if liverpool win their 37th game they go ahead of at least one if not both which will give them an advantage going into the final game of the season now with chelsea managing to fight their way into fourth place uh, when it looked very unlikely when frank lampard was sacked you know you have to give credit to tuchel there's now this sort of slight confusion and question marks because if chelsea do not win this game against leicester they're currently two points behind leicester and if they can't beat leicester and then liverpool win their game against burnley irrespective of whatever happens on the final day of the season if leicester chelsea liverpool all win their final games next sunday chelsea will be playing europa league next season of course provided they lose the champions league final as well that's also another route but there's definitely that fear isn't it yash that there's a good chance even till this to this moment 
that Chelsea could miss out on top four? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we had the great opportunity to actually close down that uh, in the Arsenal game where, you know, Arsenal have not been playing well. We've seen that. But, uh, you know, it's Arsenal and they always, uh, you know, try to dent Chelsea even if they are not playing well. And, you know, make, uh, strangely enough, Mikel Arteta has had a very, uh, you know, upper hand over Chelsea, whether it be Frank Lampard or Thomas Tuchel. But uh, I think that uh, it, it should not be a problem considering the fact that, uh, you know, Chelsea will go on all guns blazing. They would they would want, uh, you know, the revenge, I would say, uh, for, for the FA Cup final. And I think that, uh, you know, with, with Chilwell or, or Callum Hudson-Odoi coming in, uh, you know, we will be much more solid. We would be much more uh, attacking. And, uh, you know, Kasper Schmeichel put on a wonderful shift uh, on, on the FA Cup final day. But I think that to, to replicate it at Stamford Bridge, where we have been so good recently, uh, barring that 5-3 three, five, three defeat to West Brom, I think that it is going to be difficult for Leicester to go go away with all three points. And if at all we we manage to get all three points, I think uh, you know we might be favourites to get into the top four. And with that, Liverpool too, because uh, you know uh, that means that Leicester will have to uh, you know iron it out in the final game against Tottenham Hotspur, which who are who are who has who have picked up momentum and are playing well. Uh, so that would not be an easy game for them as well. So. It is an interesting end to the season, I would say. But uh, I, I feel that, you know, Leicester might miss out on the top four again. And Liverpool and Chelsea will make it. Because considering that Liverpool have been fantastic in their uh, recent run of form and Chelsea, uh, you know, they, they, will, they will do everything in their hands to, to get into the top four. And Leicester, well, there are two difficult games in Chelsea and Tottenham. And they are fresh from an FA Cup final where, where most of their senior squad played, uh, the, the first team played. So, uh, to, for Brendan Rodgers to rotate uh, in such a small amount of time would be difficult. Uh, and, uh, well, let's see how it pans out. But I think that uh, Chelsea and Liverpool are favourites to get into the top four and Leicester might as well miss out in this season too. We get a good inclination of that when we do our Paul the Octopus section at the end of the show when we ask you what your predictions are, Yash. Uh, but finally, before we move on to our next topic, Hari, uh, Yash has just obviously expressed, expressed his views on who's going to finish in the final two positions of the top four. Of course, Manchester City, already Premier League champions. Manchester United have already qualified for the top four. It's only two positions up for grabs. Uh, are you on the same lines as Yash? Do you think it's going to be your club, Chelsea, and Liverpool who make it through to the top four? Well, Liverpool is surely making it. I am sure of that. But uh, with Chelsea, I am not very sure. Let's uh, actually. I am uh, feeling that uh, we won't win the game against Leicester, and it will be left for the final game, uh, where both it could anything could happen. So I would uh, say only uh, based on what happens after the Leicester match, because for now I feel that Chelsea are uh, actually they have had their momentum broken in the Arsenal match. And with this final defeat as well against Leicester, I am not very sure what's the moral like there. So, if you ask me currently, I feel that Leicester have the momentum to finish in the top four because they have had a taste of victory against Chelsea. But let's see how it goes. 
well, I'm not. Go- I'm, this is the last time I'm going to meet you before the season ends. So when I see you after game week 38, who knows what your reaction is going to be. Of course, you'll still have a Champions League fine to look forward to. And I think that's the biggest point here, that even if you do miss out on the top four, you do have a Champions League final to try and win and try and get Champions League football alongside that illustrious trophy. Uh, but thank you, guys. It was a nice discussion about Chelsea and... Uh, what we're looking forward to in the next week with two game weeks, you know, happening on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then during Sunday, you have all the games at the same time. Thoroughly exciting times, but it gets even more exciting in other leagues across Europe. And it's time for the European Roundup. Of course, Bhargav has done it for us in a good number of weeks. Hari did it last week, but it's my time now because it's the last one before all these clubs play their final games. I think what we're going to do next week is give you a proper roundup of what's gone on as the leagues will all end when we record uh, this podcast next week at this time. Uh, We move first to Spain. And amazingly and brilliantly enough, guys, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona and Real Madrid, who are all in contention, they played at the same time on Sunday night. Barcelona losing... At home to Celta Vigo. Of course, Lionel Messi scored first, but goals from Santi Mina, two goals from him, obviously ended uh, Barcelona's hopes of trying to win the title. A bit of a disappointing uh, run for them. At one stage in the season, if you come to about December, it didn't look like they were ever going to be champions, but they started off as the best possible team in Europe, I think. Uh, they were unbeaten till March, if I'm not mistaken, and the only team in Europe to have not lost a game in the first three months of 2021. However, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid both won their games, which makes it a two-horse tie going into the final game of the season. Real Madrid winning 1-0 thanks to a goal from Nacho Fernandez. But Atletico is where it gets interesting because Atletico conceded in the 75th minute only to equalize in the 82nd minute and for Luis Suarez to score a winner in the 88th minute to keep Atletico Madrid at the top of the league. If I look at the league right now, Atletico Madrid are currently on 83 points with one more game left and Real Madrid are on 81. So it looks like it looks like Atletico might win it for the first time in seven years, if I'm not mistaken. And Real Madrid... When uh, Osasuna scored the first goal against Atletico in 75th minute, so late, yeah. did we think that, you know, it's all over again? Repeating the same things again and yeah, again? Yeah, we did. We, I definitely did. And then Atletico surprised me. And look, at the end of the day, you want the underdogs to win. So I'm very, very happy that Atletico That's got that. That's very true. That's really true. Yeah. We all want uh, different winners in different leagues. So, totally agreed on Atletico Madrid winning to be great football as well. Brilliant. And, and, to all, talk about, yeah. and to talk about the underdogs, we now move to France, where a bit of a sad story, but, you know, the hopes are still there. Lille, who went into the penultimate game of the season with a three-point gap over PSG, sadly drew... Um, in their game, a goalless draw against Saint Etienne. Obviously, a tough game in France. However, PSG on the other side won against Rames 4 0. Goal scorers Neymar, Mbappe, Marquinhos, and Moise Keane, which makes it very interesting going into the final day of the season. Lille are on 80 points and PSG are on 79. 
let's not forget AS Monaco are on 77, surprisingly enough. So they have a small outside chance, but that only happens if Lille and PSG both win and Monaco have to win by at least more than six goals. So you, you doubt that's going to happen. And finally, before we move on to the Paul, the October section, we talk about what's going on in Italy, guys. Because Italy's had some crazy fixtures. Of course, we know that it, Inter Milan have already been adjudged winners. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago and congratulated them for winning. But what gets interesting is very similar to England, which is the top four race. Atlanta confirmed a position in the top four with a 4-3 win over Genoa. They are currently in second. They might not finish second, but they have confirmed top four with 78 points in 37 games. Juventus surprised the champions Inter Milan, beating them 3-2. But a win for Napoli keeps Juventus outside the top four going into the last game, which is very, very, very interesting. But AC Milan got a goalless draw on, on Sunday against Cagliari um, in, the, in Serie A. So now that makes it very interesting. I go to the final day of the season where Atlanta, who finished second, play AC Milan. So there's a certain fear going into the last game of the season that Milan might miss out and Juventus might pop in on the final day. So it looks very exciting. I'll just read out the table again before we move on. Atlanta on second with 78 points. AC Milan on third with 76. Napoli on fourth position with 76. And Juventus with 75. It's two points between third, fourth and fifth going to the final day of the season. Some really exciting ties in what's been a really, really crazy, crazy season. But let's move to our Paul the Octopus section now. We've delayed it quite a bit. <laughs> um, and my, well, the games I've chosen uh, to for you guys to predict are the games very relevant in Chelsea's fight for a position in the top four. Uh, I would like you guys to keep your bias towards Chelsea for a side and think uh, rationally as to what you think the results are going to be. Uh, but we know that's not going to happen. But let's move on to the first game. Of course, this episode will come out on Tuesday morning. And later that day, in the evening, Leicester City will face Chelsea. It's a game at Stamford Bridge, at home for Chelsea. Of course, just played a game on Saturday with Leicester winning 1-0. Let's start with Hari. Hari, you're the one who seems sceptical. And you said you're not going to try and predict anything before Chelsea play Leicester. But I'm directly asking you, what do you think is going to happen on... Well, what's going to happen in this match? I was sceptical mainly because uh, I'm pretty sure that Leicester don't need three points as far as the Champions League... Uh, Chase is concerned. So, they'll try to, you know, sit back and that will create problems for Chelsea, I believe. So, I'm going with a one-all draw. Wow. He goes for a one-all draw, which will definitely keep Chelsea at a big disadvantage going into that final game of the season. Yash, are you going for a Chelsea win? Uh, yes, I'm going for a Chelsea win and a Chelsea clean sheet. Uh, this... Uh is kind of bold to predict that Chelsea might come out with a clean sheet in this match. But uh, yes, I feel that you know Leicester in the FA Cup final also didn't have too much to work with, even after Madison came in. 
so I, I feel that Chelsea will just uh, you know come up with a clean sheet. Uh, you know, Mateo Kovacic is returning, so you know he might feature at some point uh, in place of Jorginho. Uh, even and and we we can even see Billy Gilmore starting, uh, who has had three good games. He's he's grown into it. So I think uh, I might go for a one nil, two nil. I would say to Chelsea. And for people who haven't listened to my predictions, I always go for the underdogs. I love the underdogs winning. And so I'm going to go for another 1-0 win to Leicester City. This time, not um, a blinder like the one from Yuri Tillemans, but I definitely see Iannaccio maybe doing something because of the form. He hasn't scored in a couple of games, but the form in recent months has been excellent. Uh, we move to another game which is very relevant, uh, which happens on Wednesday at uh, 8.15 uh, UK time, obviously in the new day when it comes to India. Uh, Burnley hosts Liverpool. Liverpool, of course, going into this game with two impressive victories um, over Manchester United at Old Trafford. And of course, that last-minute uh, winner from the goalkeeper out of all people, Alisson, against West Brom. Um, Burnley hosting Liverpool, Yash, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Uh, I think Liverpool might come out on top because uh, they've had two good games, two very good games, I feel. And Burnley have had one good game and one bad game. Uh, but uh, they got thrashed by Leeds United at, at I think, at Turf Moor, I suppose. It was at Turf Moor only. Uh, but uh, I think that Sean Dyche might tighten up his defences considering the fact that they let in four goals. And you know Sean Dyche is, is such a disciplinarian that even conceding one goal or two goals is uh, considered a big crime at Turf Moor. They, they always make it difficult for the opponents. And, and uh, you know, Burnley have been, uh, you know, in the recent past have been a thorn in Liverpool's uh, back. So, I feel that it's, it will be a good, well, very well contested match. But uh, I would say that Liverpool might come out on top at... 2-1, I would say. Yash going for a close tie. Hari? Actually, I this time completely agree with what Yash has said. Even I predict a tough game for Liverpool away. But I expect them to come uh, away with a 2-1 win. And uh, even I personally believe that Burnley might end up scoring the first goal. But Liverpool have enough in them to get a good comeback. Lovely. I think even though I don't like Liverpool winning, I also don't see... Liverpool leaving that a that area in Turf Moor without a victory, and then we move to Sunday in the final league fixtures. A few, of course, all of these games gonna take place at the same time. Um, we move to your team first, guys. Aston Villa, a uh, uh, hosting Chelsea on the final day of the season. Aston Villa themselves have not had that bad of a season. Of course, they had a good start and then a blip, but they've been around mid-table and they've done okay considering they just survived relegation last season, if you all remember correctly, due to a, a VAR decision, was it not? Um, Jack Grealish is back and he is obviously, I expected to start in that game. Um, what are we going for, guys? Hari, let's start with you. I don't expect it to be an easy match as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Similar to what I had said for Liverpool versus Burnley, I feel that uh, it will be a closely contested match. But this time, I believe Chelsea will win 2-1 for the simple reason that they'll have to fight to get into the top four, which I believe that they'll get three points at. 
Of course, we have to remember that fans are going to be at the stadium for the last two game weeks as well. It can make a huge difference with fans of the home team. You're still going for a Chelsea win away from home. Yash, on the same lines? Uh, yes, Chelsea away from home, but I think that Chelsea will win. Aston Villa have been a little tentative, uh, you know, as you can see from the game against Manchester United. Even though they scored first, they were a little bit tentative. Uh, in their in their defensive positioning, so I think that Chelsea might as well uh, come out on top once again. I I go for a two nil Chelsea win at that day because see I have that confidence in Chelsea that uh, you know we we would not concede the goal. I would say, uh, but so I think that another clean sheet for Chelsea and a two nil victory at Aston Villa would would definitely be. A cherry on the top, and if we get into top four, that would be just simply fantastic. Lovely, and uh, we now move to the team that just recently beat Aston Villa, Crystal Palace. Very impressive three-two victory. They will be playing Liverpool at Anfield on the final day of the season. Both of you express that you are a hundred percent sure that Liverpool are going to qualify for the top four. Are we going for victories then, Yash? I, this Liverpool, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace is always a dicey game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would definitely want Liverpool to lose or draw, but then you know we all know what happened when uh, you know that that after that Gerard slip when Liverpool Dwight Gale. Uh, you know, got that three, the third, third goal, and equalized for Crystal Palace, and uh, you know Liverpool lost the title. Mm. So if that could happen again, that would you know put me on cloud nine. But <laughs> I don't think that would happen. Uh, you know, Crystal Palace, even though they have been playing well, I don't see them beating Liverpool. Uh, if if they put in a performance of the lifetime, I think they can. But uh, I would still go for a one nil victory. Even though it's at home at Anfield, but it would be a closely contested game simply by the fact that uh, Crystal Palace have been playing good football recently. Very interesting. Hurry, a Liverpool win? Yes, I don't see Crystal Palace challenging this time. They were already given a seven-nil thrashing at home, and uh, I don't see them facing, sorry, giving much of a challenge. I predict a three-zero win for Liverpool. Zero. Oh, that's very, very interesting. And our final prediction, guys, the fifth game for today's Paul the Octopus section. Leicester hosting Tottenham Hotspur at the King Pass Stadium on the final day of the season. Hurry, what do we think is going to happen in this game? Since you're pressing me to give an answer, I'll do <laughs> give it. <laughs> I somehow I have a bad vibe that you know Chelsea are going to play the Champions League final with not having top four in the back. Oh, so wow. I am predicting a Leicester win. Oh dear! At home. Oh dear. One nil. Hari's going against his club, and it's a very scary thought. We're going to have him on the episode next week, so we'll get the exact emotions at the time, definitely. Yash, you've heard what a fellow Chelsea fan has said. Does that change your thoughts, or you're still? Confident that Leicester will drop points against Tottenham. Jeez, uh, it's it's very difficult to say. I mean, Tottenham overcame a good Wolves side this week, but uh, it it will be a very tight game. I think it's at the King Power Stadium, and uh, with the inexperience of Ryan Mason as the manager, I would see 
as a chelsea fan i would not want spurs to do well but this very game this one game i think that uh, you know gareth bale should forget the uh, wales golf golf wales and madrid in that order and <laughs> purely focus on football and get some goals uh, in, the, in the back of casper schmeichel's net so i think uh, i i would go for a 2-1 tottenham win with harry kane and uh, Son both getting on the uh, score sheet. Of course, the the celebrated duo this season, rightly put. Well, yeah, that is essentially the end of the Paul the Octopus section. A very interesting one because we are essentially ending to uh, well, we are going to the end of the season. Basically, when we record the podcast at this time next week, every single league will be over. So we'll be talking about how it's ended and how. the league table looks like which would be a very very interesting conversation and talk about uh thank you so much to yash and hari for joining me uh once again on the podcast it's episode 26 guys we've been doing it for quite some time now when you think about it but we are coming to the end of the season we have got a couple of episodes left but it's not over until it's over so we definitely will see you at the same time next week stay tuned Thank you.